morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone and my special guest today is Dr. Kristen Dickerson. Um, Kristen is one of the true healthcare revolutionaries in our industry, also happens to be a doctor and is doing amazing things in the area of imaging. So think MRIs, CAT scans, etc. So I'm going to kick it off by actually um, handing it over to Kristen to tell you tell everyone a little bit about herself, her career history, and how she ended up where she is today. Okay, well, thanks, and thanks for having me. Um, I went into radiology, I'm very excited. I love practicing radiology. It's fun, it's like a mystery, figuring out what's wrong with somebody. And um, I thought that I never wanted to do the business of medicine. And so I went to a big multi-specialty group in the Texas Medical Center that you know, had a CEO, had CFO, I didn't have to do anything. Um, did that for a few years. I was actually the chairman of the department at the hospital there. And, um, but that really didn't call for much. It was more medical work. And um, one day our new business office person came in with a box this big of what we called yellow tickets. And those were the charges for the work we did nights and weekends on call. So the time I was away from my babies, um, you know, this was the work I was doing. And these, all of these tickets, the hospital had not provided enough demographic information for us to bill. So this was literally millions of dollars of charges that were just sitting in a box in the corner and nobody told anybody about it. So very quickly, I got into the business of medicine. And within a few years, I was president of that clinic and uh, the managing partner. And I kind of got my education in being a CEO. And um, it was a great education. It was a great opportunity to learn. And I ran a self-funded healthcare plan, which is part of the reason I'm where I am today. And we actually were very early direct contractors and we pulled everything we could out of our, we tried to use our Blue Cross Blue Shield plan as a catastrophic plan, pulled everything we could out of it. And we really did a great job of keeping our costs down um, during a time when um, healthcare costs were rising dramatically. And so as things went along, we were a, an early digitized department. We went very early into PAC system and getting away from films. And so we went from having eight radiologists, needing eight radiologists to needing five radiologists and having eight radiologists. And right. so I founded a radiology group at that point in time and we filtered off that excess capacity. And ultimately when the hospital, I mean, when the med clinic with the direction of working with a hospital, the radiology group went a different direction and was radiology group of Houston. We staffed another major uh, multi-specialty group in Houston for 10 years. And, but meanwhile, I started green imaging because I would have a friend call and say, Hey, Kristen, they're going to charge me $1,600 for this MRI at the hospital. Where do I go? And I didn't have an answer. So my husband had been in commercial real estate. He wanted a career change. So he said, let's open an imaging center. We did looked at that. It was going to be 3 million, 4 million to do that. We were going to have to charge what everybody else was for an MRI. So I got the idea of Travelocity and some other models uh, of kind of reselling were emerging and did some research into the Stark laws. And it turned out I could do as a radiologist perfect lease arrangements that other doctors, that business people can't do because I'm not a referring physician. I'm considered a consultant under the Stark laws. And so I was able to do lease arrangements with the imaging centers I was reading for that were at 50% capacity buy the extra time on their tables at a discount um, and pass that savings so pass that savings along to patients. So typically 
Um, in the old world, they the imaging center would pay the radiologist a flat fee to read, that's the professional fee, to read the exam and they would bill globally, meaning they would bill a bundled price. That's been going away with private equity backed radiology, but that was the model. So I got the idea to buy the scan from the imaging center for a flat fee, the technical service. We would provide the professional service and we would bill globally. That enabled us to provide great self-pay pricing but having had this in the back of my mind that, you know, direct contracting for self-funded healthcare plans can save lots and lots of money, um, very quickly moved to that, um, to that space. And um, we went, we probably went national about seven years ago. We built, quickly built out throughout Texas, um, but employer-sponsored healthcare plans, you've got a kid in Montana and somebody's, you know, um, got an ex-wife and, you know, or, or a separated wife who's in Florida, you know, you've got to, you got to be national. And so um, that's where we are today. Um, it, we're, you know, we're still uh, finding best practices. We're still finding ways of providing new services. Um, you know, every day I wake up and I think this is so fun. Um, and, you know, hopefully we're helping lots and lots of people and employers as well, because as you and I know it's a tough time to be an employer. It is a very tough time to be an employer. I mean, you know, quite frankly, we're both employers in addition to everything else that we do. But I mean, I just have to marvel for a second at whose brain thinks about Travelocity and Expedia and then transfers it to how can we use this in imaging? I mean, seriously, Kristen, that's brilliant. I love that. I didn't know that that was actually where it all started from. So I think that that is really cool. And it's also really telling that they're willing to sell that time for 50 cents on the dollar and so then charge when people come in, not through your system, the hundred, you know, hundred percent. So it's kind of crazy. Well, and I will say we do a lot more than that. I've owned five imaging centers in my career. So I have a little inside information. And so we do a lot of things. We answer the pain points of the imaging center. So number one, there's no author verification. If, if there is anything like that, we're taking care of it. We go track down the orders. That takes tons of labor, especially when you've got somebody who the orthopedist sent down, is already scheduled down the hall for their MRI at the hospital. We've got to go track down that order. They don't want to send it to us. They have no incentive to send it to sure. us. And we spend days sometimes tracking down those orders. We have radiologists. We have a our we, a radiology group is at the core of brain imaging. Our radiologists review that order, make sure that it's appropriate, that contrast isn't ordered for an MRI of the knee where there doesn't need to be contrast. So it's a clean order, it's a protocol to order, and then we pay them their price and we pay them promptly and there's no patient bad debt. So we really answer a lot of their problems. Well, I appreciate that because you did really clarify something. So what you're doing is not only good for the member and the patients, but it's also really good for the facilities as well. So it's a win-win situation. It's not, it's not a one-sided equation by any stretch of the imagination. No, it turns, it's a flywheel. It's really amazing. What we had happen in the Kissimmee, Florida area was, you know, school district of Osceola County came on board with 10,000 members. We were working with the Rosen Health Center, who was their nearsight clinic. They loved the customer service we were offering. So they brought 6,000 more members in. Then we were able to leverage those 16,000 members, get better pricing. We brought the pricing down by 20% in the area. And then Orlando Diagnostic Center opens on evenings and weekends for the district and resident patients. So it just, it, it becomes a really nice, you get the unnecessary middleman out of the way. 
it's amazing how clean it can be. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, so I, I was actually going to ask you about, you know, what prompted you to make the leap from the um, diagnostic clinic of Houston to green imaging, but I think you've kind of already addressed that. But I do want to comment on the fact that for somebody who didn't want to be a business owner or a CEO, you sure have had a lot of businesses, lady. I have. It, it evolved. It did. And, you know, really, I was not full time with green imaging until, interestingly, we um, let the contract go with the the second multi-specialty group we worked for in February of 2020. And so that was just perfect timing, um, for, you know, just right before the pandemic. Um, and, you know, so we've built, we've added hundreds of thousands of lives to green imaging. Imaging is not where it was pre-pandemic. You know, certainly there was probably waste in the system before, but people are delaying care. And, um, you know, I think telehealth is having an impact on imaging. I think teledoctors, number one, they don't know who to order the imaging, you know, who to go to nationally, you know, to get this imaging. And then number two, I think they don't want to have to deal with the follow-up. They're not paid for that. So if there's an abnormal chest x-ray, you know, report, what, how do they handle that? Because a patient's not on the line. They may not have a resource for, you know, get, they're really kind of an acute care situation. So I think telehealth is probably having an impact as well. And it'll be interesting. I'm following the data on that to see what's going to happen. But we do know that cancer diagnoses are way down. And that's really concerning, um, you know, because risk factors are actually up for it. And so, um, it, it, you know, it, it corresponds to the decrease in screening exams and diagnostic exams that happened over the pandemic and persist. I would say that if we look at our traditional radiology group volume, it's still at about 80% of pre-pandemic. So people That's are- so interesting. I, I didn't know that the imaging had, um, the volume had dropped that much. It was at 50%. Well, especially in Texas, you know, which Texas and Florida, we probably have the largest number of lives, but we were in a shutdown for only essential medical care for months. And so in Texas, it was really significant. That's, that's super interesting. So you brought up a point I hadn't thought about before, and that is the um, rise in telehealth and the impact on follow-up care. Can you speak to that a little bit more? It's very interesting. It's a very interesting thought. I, I'm throwing it out there right now. I don't know what that impact, you know, I follow the data as it's evolving, but we do, they do know that, um, you know, telehealth physicians order imaging at a small fraction of what a brick and mortar physician is going to order. Whether that's that the brick and mortar and laying on of hands reveals more that is concerning, you know, you might, you know, you know, they're not examining breasts or lumps. They're not doing the things in telehealth that a brick and mortar doctor does. So, you know, I'm not sure. I, I have a feeling some of it is just not having the resource for follow-up. That's interesting. That. That's definitely, that's definitely an area that uh, my, uh, I'm going to have to give some thought to and dig into a little bit more because um, that's an area we don't want, we don't want abuse of imaging, but on the other hand, we, if it's necessary, it needs to happen. And if there's a breakdown in that telehealth piece, that's something that's going to need to be looked into. So good, good food for thought there. So um, a lot of people don't know, but your costs are significantly lower than traditional. So can you give an example of, let's say, an MRI or a mammogram, like the difference in costs so people can understand what we're talking about? Sure. You know, when I look at self-funded healthcare plans, you know, usually um, it, it's about 30% of patient, of 
members are going to outpatient imaging centers, about 70% are having care done in hospitals. Our prices compared to hospital pricing are dramatically lower. Imaging centers, we're, you know, we aren't, we aren't always the lowest priced option. I can tell you that when you build in the fact that we're protocoling, we're taking away contrast where it doesn't need to be done. We're making sure an exotic pet tracer isn't used if it doesn't need to be. Overall, for a self-funded healthcare plan, we're say, we have dramatic savings. But on an individual one-off basis, sometimes you can find an uh, independent imaging center that's going to match our pricing. Um, that doesn't mean you're going to get the right study, but it means that you know it, they'll match our pricing. But overall, for a self-funded healthcare plan, we provide a lot of other services. We're doing claims data analyses, savings analyses. Now we're starting to build some screening programs. You know, we feel like colon cancer screening has to be done better. We're starting to look at, you know, a questionnaire that'll get a patient to colonoscopy if that's the best route, but Cologuard might be appropriate and provide cost savings. And now the FIT testing is really proving to be a, a better option than anything. And it's the least expensive. So, you know, we're, and I think we need to build a breast uh, screening program as well that we can just offer up to employers where, you know, the employee is going to be given a questionnaire once a year. We're going to make sure that they get the follow-up really start building some of these value props um, into what we do. Um, but the savings are typically for a self-funded healthcare plan are about 60%. We're seeing a little more than that post-pandemic because of all the mergers and acquisitions in the, both the radiology group space and the imaging center space. So I've had some that are up to 83% savings. Um, and then as an individual, if you were to go shop, number one, can you even get a price from a hospital? Well, we just saw, you know, the data just came out this week that only 16% are complying. Some of them that are complying, you're still getting gibberish when you download the document. And then most of the time, because we create bundles, if we don't have a contracted center for a covered life, we actually will go out and negotiate pricing with a hospital or an imaging center and get a bundle in place. And I can't tell you, even the ones that will give us a price on the hospital, they say, oh, we don't know who's going to read the study and I don't know what the professional fees are going to be. And we're seeing professional fees start to match the, the facility fees and the claims data. So you might have thought, you know, years ago it would have been $100, $120 for an MRI interpretation. We're seeing them $700, $800, dollars um, with all the private equity backed. And it, it, you know, the one thing I would like to clarify for um, anybody that's not in this industry that might be listening in is uh, when Kristen is mentioning like a hospital owned um, facility that can be in a that can be in a provider clinic as well. If that provider clinic is owned by a hospital group, they charge just as much. So when you're at your doctor's office and they say, oh, just go across the hallway, that is going to be your most expensive. Most of the time, that is going to be your most expensive option. And oftentimes it will also be the, it will, they'll take it as far as they can. I remember I had an issue with my shoulder a few years ago and they wanted to do an MRI with contrast. And I'm like, well, how much is that going to cost? Well, of course they had no idea. And I said, well, dude, you need to have contrast. Well, we could probably get away without contrast. And I said, could we start with an x-ray? I'm like, oh yeah, we can start with an x-ray. They did the x-ray, they figured out what was gone and what was wrong. And the x-ray was like $75. So it's, it's really important for um, individuals, um, employees of employers. If you are an individual and you have, you consume healthcare, ask questions and don't be afraid and don't be embarrassed. And if they say, I don't know, 
ask them that they can get the information to you. I mean, we're entitled to that information. We're going to be paying for it some way, somehow. It doesn't matter if you're paying for it out of your wallet that day or if your employer is paying for it because it still comes back to you. If your employer is spending more on um, benefit programs, that means there's less for them to give you on your paycheck. So remember that you are in control. I think that's an important thing. Um, okay, so um, you're able to provide so much lower cost, which is a wonderful thing. So if I was an individual and I didn't have, either I didn't have insurance or maybe I had a super high HSA deductible plan, how would I go about accessing green imaging and do I have access to it? Absolutely. We, we really started as a self-pay network and we, and we always want to provide that service. And so, and you know, the health sharing ministries are another, you know, really important growing um, piece of the solution uh, for a lot, you know, they don't help everybody, but um, certainly they're a good solution for healthy people who don't have pre-existing conditions and they're self-pay when they present to us. And so um, we take people as they come. We've got a you know website, greenimaging.net. Um, we have a form there you can fill out, tell us what you need. You can ask questions of our radiologists if you have a question. Um, you can see you know what the affordable options are. We, you know if you're willing to drive a little way, you can say, hey, I'll go a couple of hours. I live in a rural community. Uh, the hospital wants three thousand dollars for this MRI. Can you do better if I drive? And certainly we typically can. Um, you, your doctor can fax the order to us. The fax number is 866-653-0882. And that's what doctors typically do. And um, that's the traditional way of referring to an imaging center. So, you know, that's a possibility. If your doctor gave you a prescription or an order for the exam, you can take a snapshot of it and text it to our main phone number, which is 713-524-9190. Or there is an upload feature on our website. You can just upload that. That will automatically kick that into our referral platform. You'll be greeted by a, you know, either if you want a phone call, you can request that. If you're okay with secure texting, somebody will text you, say, hey, this is Jasmine. I'm ready to schedule your exam. You know, um, what are some good dates and times? What's your zip code? Um, is there a place close to work? Do you know, you know, if you have a preferred imaging center, all of those questions, we ask some screening questions. Uh, we give you pricing, you accept that pricing, you can just pay with a link and you'll get a voucher for the exam. And meanwhile, we're communicating with the imaging centers in the background on this referral platform, getting you set up for that appointment, making sure they have all the information they need to schedule it appropriately. I love that. Um, now, if you could just uh, work your way into my corner of the country, you're almost here, but not quite. I was looking at the map and I'm like, she's in Portland, but she's not in Seattle yet. So... Anyway, we're, we are anxiously awaiting the arrival of green imaging in our state. So um, one of the um, items I see that is um, kind of overlooked because it's a smaller ticket item, but I see a little bit, at least personally, I see abuse in when I look at my self-funded groups is just standard x-rays. Um, because because it's smaller, it, it doesn't get as much um, oversight, I think. So do you feel the same way? Oh, you should see the claims data. Yes. So what would you say is a fair cost? Let's just make something up. We're going to x-ray my hand. I might have broken a finger or a bone in my hand and I need to get an x-ray. What's a fair cost for an x-ray of a hand? And again, so, we just, we just yeah. average. 
I think $100 is a fair cost. Digital x-ray has driven up the cost of x-ray for facilities. So I would say, you know, in the old days, it was $40, 50 Right. Um, I think right now, 100 is fair. We can typically get it 125 or lower, even if it's a rural area. But we're seeing x-rays facility only paid out at $900 all the time. We had an average of 500 and something dollars in a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan recently. The um, pediatric hospitals are a big abuser of that. And you pointed out down the hall from your physician's mm -hmm. office in Houston, if you go down the hall from many physician's offices, you're going to be at a Texas Children's Hospital Imaging Center, and you're going to be paying $900 for a one view x-ray. Then you're going to get the bill from the radiology group on top of that. Which is insane. Insane. It does That machine doesn't cost that much. No, Although, you know, and I will say I support hospitals having a slightly higher, um, you know, reimbursement because they do have to provide more services. They're going to provide the stitched x-ray so that, you know, normally if in the old days we would take a picture from here to here of the spine and then we would take a lower one to look at scoliosis. Well, they now have digital stitching of those together so they make one image and we can get very accurate measurements. The outpatient imaging centers can't afford to offer that. So, you know, there's equipment and there, there are things that they do that are very important. Sedation is another piece of that, but they're, they're price gouging and it, it, you know, it just makes no sense. Well, I don't think anyone would argue that, um, that we need hospitals. We need imaging in hospitals. We need them to have the sophisticated services that may not be available elsewhere and that they may need to be paid fairly. Right. But that's where I draw the line. Is Agreed. when is fairly the uh, price gouging and the abuse of those costs is ridiculous. And quite frankly, I don't need my hospital to look like the fanciest hotel that I probably couldn't afford to stay in anyway. You know, there's there's some things that have gone into our healthcare system that just don't belong there. Oh, absolutely. You know, really. 90% of care as we have, you know, direct primary care emerging and nearsight clinics taking on more. We're seeing that possibly 90% of care can be taken on, on in the outpatient independent world, which would leave 10%, you know, for the hospitals mm -hmm. to take care of. What the reality right now is that 70% of doctors are employed by or subsidized by hospital systems. So 70% of care is happening in the hospital setting. And that's just, you know, yeah. Outrageous. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so you did um, mention the that um, there's a lot of private equity action going on in the imaging area. Well, it's going on everywhere, but I would like to talk about the impact of the private equity firms gobbling up independent imaging centers. Um, and what's what is that? How, how is that impacting the cost of imaging? You know, I think um, the interesting thing is they see the value of cash flow with self-pay and direct contracts. So, you know, I'm actually contracted with a lot of the large private equity-backed chains of imaging centers. They see the value in what we're doing. We're bringing them um, patients they otherwise wouldn't see. We're paying fairly. We're they're not having to, you know, go through the claims process. Uh, we pay promptly. We give, you know, all those things that I talked about that make it a win for them. So, you know, that has been, it's actually been very helpful for my business. Um, but if you are somebody who is in a traditional healthcare, self-funded healthcare plan, you're what's, they're aggregating imaging centers, but they're also aggregating contracts and they're holding claims and then they're billing out under the best old contract. So it's some percentage of bill charges, some astronomical rate, 
Um, and so everything is getting billed out higher. So what I'm seeing is when I list and I, I have a whole series on LinkedIn called what's hiding in your claims data. And, you know, I'll show actually claims data and what was paid out in these health plans. And, you know, you're seeing these $900 x-rays used to be all be hospital. Now it's outpatient imaging centers. Right. And so, you know, same thing is happening in the radiologist space where they're pulling together. North Carolina has a what they call a radiology super group of 1400 radiologists that's doing the same thing. And they're really holding those claims. Radiologists already. Well, the, one of the reasons it's called a surprise bill is because radiology groups will hold their claims until late in the calendar year with the hope that the patient met the deductible in the meantime, and they're gonna collect from the plan and not the patient because patient had that, it, it's really hard to collect patient debt after the fact in a, as, as a physician. And so, um, you know, they're, they're doing that, but we're now seeing more professional fees than facility fees in the claims data, which should never happen. So they've really been holding on to these. Yeah, I, I see that as well, is that all the imaging claims come through in the last couple months of the year. And that's just uh, that's just ugly. There's 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 no need for that. OK, so we're going to shift gears a tiny bit because um, you are actually one of my healthcare heroes, I like to call you. Um, and you're really committed to fixing healthcare and, and promoting fair pricing for fair services. And you also happen to be one of the founding members of the uh, Free Market Medical Association in your area. So I'd like to know, I'd like it if you could maybe share a little bit about the mission of the Free Market Medical Association, because I haven't talked about that yet on this podcast. And I think people would be really interested to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it is really um, connecting um, the, the, the con you know, the consumer with the provider um, in, in a direct relationship. It's really about getting the noise out. We've created such a, and, and, and you know, like it, it was not unintentional, the, the bureaucracy and all the layers of junk that have gone into healthcare um, are, are there to drive an industry, you know, where the administrators are making 10 times what the doctors make. Um, but the Free Market Medical Association is really trying to get it back to a free market where doctors and uh, patients, and, you know, I say doctors, I, I believe strongly that there's a difference between a secondary provider and a doctor. So I'm going to say doctors, but they're, they, they use the word providers. Um, and patients have a direct communication and we offer a fair price and we, you know, and we have no middlemen in between. And that's really their mission is to, to get price transparency out and get the junk out of the middle. And, you know, it, it goes at a deeper level, but that that's how I see. And, you know, that's I thought the free market, the National Free Market Medical Association meeting this year was I mean, every year it gets better and better. But it, it took a huge step up this year. And um, they're really getting a lot of energy, um, you know, along with other, you know, along with uh, Nelson Griswold's next gen, along with Dave Chase's Health Rosetta. But I think they're really um, coming into their own as, as a movement. And we're excited to be part of it. We're really trying to pull together. In Houston, we have an amazing thing. We've got Juliet Breeze's Next Level Urgent Care, which is doing basically DPC slash urgent care slash x-rays slash DME um, and ortho, video ortho consults all at a really fair capitated price. And then we've got Texas Medical Management, which used to be Texas Free Market Surgery, offering multiple sites of bundled surgery. We have green imaging with about 50 imaging centers in the area. 
we really have a health plan. Um, you know, all, all you need is a direct contract with a hospital willing to play and you got a health plan. And so we're really excited about what we're doing in Houston. Yeah, no, Texas is very progressive as far as uh, the <laughs> options that you have available to you. It's it's really cool. I'm always a little bit jealous when I'm talking to my advisor friends. I'm like, I can't do that. Um, but, uh, it you know, it has to always has to start somewhere. And it's exciting to see that it started there. Um, it does remind me, though, when you mentioned about the capitated prices, I remember 20 some odd years ago when they were trying to put in capitated healthcare contracts and they didn't work because they were giving the doctors money and the doctors weren't providing the services because they wanted to hold on to their pot of gold. And so it's good to see that, that the providers have now realized um, it's there for a reason. It's there for their benefit. It's there for the, for the benefit of the patients. And again, that, that wheel has turned to now where capitation is a good word as opposed to the bad word that I remember back from my the olden days. I've been doing this for a while. Um, Okay. So what do you think patients can do to help control their costs for imaging or a scan with their provider orders an imaging and a scan? What can they do? If you're there, what, what's the first course of action? I think pricing. I, I think you have a right to know the pricing. Um, and so I think understanding that there is a professional fee and a facility fee typically and getting both prices um, is key to that. And also making sure that you're getting the right radiologist to read it. Um, you know, making sure if, you're, if it's a musculoskeletal issue, that that radiologist has that training. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so last question before we get to the other stuff. Um, I'd really like to hear your take on emerging trends as well as artificial intelligence in the healthcare industry. And where do you see it going? And do you see it as a good thing for the patient, a good thing for the industry, and specifically with regard to imaging? You know, um, I, I'm not sure about the interpretation piece of it, but certainly as far as workflows and helping us uh, triage, you know, like if there's a gross abnormality on something, putting it at the front of the line, I think there's tremendous potential. So that's really, I, I you know, I haven't seen anything where it exceeds the skill set of a radiologist. Gotcha. Okay. So you made it through the tough part. So now we get to, now we get to have, now we get to have the fun questions. So as a tie into the name of this uh, show, Recipe for Success, what is your favorite food in the world and can you cook it? <laughs> oh, I would have to come down to a pasta dish, probably pasta primavera. And it's whatever I can find that's fresh. Um, yeah. I love this being able, I have several dishes that are my go-to dishes that I can just use and, and use whatever ingredients are best and freshest. What's growing in my backyard right now, it's okra. We're overwhelmed with okra. I, I always call that refrigerator pasta. That's what my husband calls it. He's like, <laughs> what can you make? And I'm like, well, let me see what I've got on hand. Right. So um, what's the one character trait you admire most in other people and why? Kindness. I have a special needs son. He has Angelman syndrome. It's 20, uh, who, next week, he will be 25 years old. He lives with us. Um, he, he does require 24-7 care. And um, it's just, uh, you know, if somebody's nice to Matt, it's a game changer. Sure. That makes perfect sense. So what's the character trait that you feel you possess that you're most proud of? Resilience. <laughs> you know, uh, 
maintaining a business, growing a business during a pandemic. Um, I actually lost a partner, a 42-year-old radiologist, uh, one Saturday morning didn't wake up. And so we've had trials like that. Um, you know, we went through a lawsuit during the pandemic uh, where somebody, um, we feel frivolously, you know, accused us of scraping their data. We don't, we can't, I don't know how to do that. And so, um, you know, we ultimately worked that through, but um, I think you have to be resilient to create change. And so. I am right there with you, sister. I tell you what, yeah, I don't think if I think if I didn't have resilience, I wouldn't be standing Right. because uh, life is a challenge. Um, okay. So one thing I know about you is you do have a passion for sports and uh, have participated in, in some yourself. So if money and time were not an obstacle, go anywhere, do anything. What's the one sporting event that you would love to attend in person and why? Um, and now, okay, so I've been to the one that I really wanted to do, and that was the U.S. Open tennis um, tournament. Now it's the Australian Open. I think that's, I, I've been to Wimbledon. I haven't been to the tournament, but um, it's the Australian Open. That's that, two weeks of heaven. That sounded amazing. Now, if I remember correctly, you used to cycle semi-professionally back in the day? No, I, I'm a tennis player. I still okay. Set of All right. Well, then I'm, I'm giving you some skills you didn't necessarily have, but that's okay. Uh, I've got a hundred mile bike ride in the hills. Okay. okay. So skills after all, <laughs> that's okay. Um, okay. So what is, oh, hang on a second. Here's a really good question. What about the guitar in the background? I play, um, I'm not great, but I enjoy it. Um, I, my son actually gave me an electric guitar for Christmas um, you know, and he said it's a little easier ergonomically, and it is. Um, so I dabble at it. I try to play 10 minutes a day. Just, nice. You know, it just, I think it, it's, it does something different to your brain. Yeah. Okay. So now that I've taken this, you can't answer this one without. So what's your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? I think it's that I play tennis at the highest competitive level in the Houston leagues. And I, so I play in two leagues at that level and I'm at 60. I'm super proud of that. You I'm should playing, be. I'm playing a lot of women half my age. So right. I, I play doubles, um, but it, it, I love doubles. It's fast. It's fun. And so um, being able to, to maintain that um, is really exciting for me. That's amazing. Okay. So last question, who's the one person famous or otherwise that you would most like to meet in real life and sit down and have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine with? You know, and I, I wasn't sure of that until last week. And I read um, somebody had posted on LinkedIn some Albert Einstein quotes. And the idea of matter, not really being matter, but being energy is just fascinating to me. And I would love to sit down and have that explained to me. Uh, I just uh, that that's the coolest thing ever. So I love that. So I see someone with your same last name has posted a comment. <laughs> says you can also pogo stick and play a heck of a game of ping pong. So more hidden talents to, uh, to share with the world. So, um, awesome. Well, if people want to learn more about green imaging, what is, where's the best place for them to get that information? Um, it would be on our website, www.greenimaging.net. I have a blog there. Um, and actually I'm work, I have my first session today. I'm working on a book. Um, okay. So that's, that's going to be an exciting project. And it's really how to save on healthcare 
without changing your health plan. Because I think a lot of employers don't want to get rid of that Blue Cross Blue Shield card. And a lot of individuals aren't willing to do that. So how do you still save on health? I love that. Well, I'm excited. I am uh, anxious to hear more about that. So thank you so much for your time today, Kristen. Um, it's always a pleasure. And um, I will see you next week in Denver. So excited about that. See you then. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And I'll see you next week.